Glad you can make it this morning. I can't tell if there's anyone new. Everybody has a mask on. <laughs> so uh, we go live streaming. How many are here for the first time? Raise your hand. Raise your hands. And where are you from? Campbellton. Where is that? <laughs> and where are you folks from? Nash Creek. Glad you're here this morning. And Nash Creek? Glad you could make it. And there's another Nash Creek person here. People from uh, Beldoon. And all the way from Campbellton. Glad you could make it. Yeah, we live stream. We've been live streaming for about four years now. So if you want to uh, uh, connect with us that way, and you know, we have our website, livinghopechurchofgod.org. Just click on our website. It shows you what's going on. And uh, you can click into our past mess messages that have been going on. So I just want to pray before we start. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we just ask that you move by your spirit now. Father, we just ask that you'll touch each person that's here in a special way. Father, I ask for your anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, without your Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. So we ask that the words will be anointed, they'll touch the, the hearts of the people, they'll bring about transformation in the inner man. And so, Father, we can do nothing without you. And so we're asking for your help this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I have a message called, God is in control. Sometimes when you look around the world, you wonder, where's God and all this? Everything seems to be out of control. You know, with COVID-19 and wars, rumors of wars and things stirring up and this nation threatening that nation. Uh, but God does have everything in control. He has a timetable. And I just want to read a couple of verses here. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good for those who are, love God, to those who are called according to whose purpose? His purpose. Not your purpose, his purpose. Now the Apostle Paul would seem following the Lord wasn't an easy ride. Uh, but he was totally dedicated to God, wrote most of the New Testament, or a good part of it. And uh, here's some of the things he went through in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 23. And of course he knew that God was in control. And it says, and they... Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. Am I more in labors more abundant in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often? From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. And night and day I have been in the deep, in journeys, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of his own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Now he does a little publicity. Who wants to follow Jesus? That's what he went through. Uh, and I believe with what's happening in the world today, uh, to follow Jesus is going to get more difficult. Uh, we have things that are going on there uh, that are coming down the road that will make it very difficult in North America to be a believer. Uh, ask the people in China. Uh, I lived in Africa for a winter. It was during a revolution. Uh, they're waving AK-47s around, and I met the church people there. 
One thing I, I saw about the church people in Africa, and it was during a famine, and uh, it, they're happier than the people over here. And they're eating one meal a day where I was. There, were, there was no, hardly any water at all. They were eating termites, uh, crocodile, birds, anything that moved, field rats and things like that. But they had a joy about them uh, that we don't have over here. We have a lot of stuff here. See, Paul in his trials, he had a real heart for Jesus. Uh, even though there was great trials, he knew that God was in control. Uh, just recently, Floyd, Floyd McClung, he's a fellow, when I was in Youth of the Mission in uh, Lausanne, Switzerland, he is one of the teachers. He just recently died. And it says, uh, if you read on the screen there, it says, uh, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award on me in that day, not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Now, Floyd McClung, he was about six foot six, a giant of a man, gentleman. He worked in Africa, Amsterdam, and Europe. And how many have heard of Floyd McClung? He's written about 18 books. A real godly man. A heart, he influenced thousands of people. And yet, the last five years of his life, hospitalized. And he just died just about a week ago. And you wonder, is that where's God in all this? Here he is. He did all his work for the Lord, and he's in uh, suffering in the hospital for five years, people praying from all around the world. There's a mystery in things like this. All I know is that he had a love for God and his focus on God. And, uh, and he was sick you know, over the last, last few days. Now, I'll show you Carlo and uh, Michel Brignoli, another slide. Uh, he's a Swiss evangelist. I worked with him for a year. In Africa and in Europe, we did evangelism. Now, his wife, Michelle, when they did these, he's gone to Africa. He has eight teams in Africa going right at this present moment. Le Porteur de Vie. I went there, and he's a French fellow, and uh, he's evangelizing the French uh, Africa. He's led thousands to the Lord, thousands. And his wife, during one of the trips, got really ill in Africa, to the point where she could not have children. You know, serving the Lord. You say, well, how, do you, how does all that figure in? But you know, she's ministered to thousands of children. Never, like one of the most godly couples I met, you know, and that's still going on. Uh, from F Switzerland going to Africa, has a real heart for Africa. Then, we, of course, we just, just missed Jacques our overseer. Uh, died with COVID-19 in the hospital. You know, Known him for 34 years. He had lots of plans for this area. And, uh, and yet things happen. You know, but we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And we know. See, the whole human race basically deserves destruction. But for reasons not perfectly known to us, God determined he to recover by regeneration and the power of his grace many people. You know, the whole, we live in a fallen world. Matter of fact, it says in 1 John 5, 19, it says, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So wondering why things are going the way they are, so, so much chaos. We are living in a twisted world. Just to give you an example, what used to be called wrong is now called right. Did you know that? 
It talks in Isaiah chapter 5. It says, wander them who call good evil and evil good. But we're seeing this now. Just uh, according to a Gallup poll, uh, same-sex marriage now continues to trend upward. Uh, 70% of Americans believe in it now. Whereas back in 1996, it was only 27%. So there's a real change in that realm. We have, uh, actually we live in the pagan society now. Pagan society. And uh, so that's going to make it more difficult to be a believer in the days to come. But still, God is in control. And you want to make sure that your life is under his control in the days to come. Now, what I've noticed is that most of the great saints that have been used by God have gone through very difficult times. Put the next slide on. Uh, that wasn't the one I wanted. I had a picture of a David Wilkerson there, I think. Do you see him there? Put him on. David Wilkerson wrote the cross. How many heard of him? David Wilkerson wrote the cross and switchblade. Well, he bought our church for us. Uh, we've been down there many times, and uh, uh, he, I remember one time we were walking uh, uh, up the street with him there, and it was pretty cool. He takes off his coat, gives it to my wife to wear, to keep her warm. That's the type of guy he was. He influenced millions of people all around the world. And yet, he had many trials in his life. His wife gone through cancer operations. Uh, I hospitalized her over 32 times and uh, cancer in his family. And you wonder why. Here he is doing God's work and all this stuff happening to him. That seems to be part of the package. You know, uh, everyone goes through difficulty. Like I myself, I just got uh, diagnosed with uh, cancer. And so what am I going to do? Have a pity party, start crying? No, I'm going to continue what I'm going to do, you know, and praise the Lord and pray. Hallelujah. We move on. God's in control. So I might get to heaven quick and you guys. <laughs> says, and we know all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And so, and Paul, uh, he went through extremely difficult times. And if you look at Galatians 4.13, as you know, he says, he wrote this, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Galatians 4.13, Paul was sick. And because of that, he was able to preach the gospel. Well, couldn't Paul cast away the sickness? He healed other people and he had a sickness himself. That's part of life, you know? Uh, in James, it says, anybody's sick among you, it says, call the elders and pray, let them anoint with oil. So it does happen. And that, that word illness there, it means feebleness. In Greek, it means the malady, moral, morally frailty, disease, infirmity, weakness. So the implication here is that because of his bodily sickness, he was able to preach the gospel to them. And not all, all those other things that I mentioned, oh, shipwrecked and left for dead, stoned, and all those things. He says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. What happens in Christianity today, we make a focus about our purpose, not his purpose. We get it upside down. We, we, we look at everything related to us. We look at the gospel. We have a gospel now 
where it says God wants you rich, he wants you to prosper. He wants to be in health. That, you know, the healthy, wealthy, prosperous gospel, you know, it's false, you know, totally false. Uh, some of the countries I've been in, in Africa and, uh, and Europe, some of the stuff they went through. I saw the church after the wall fell. Uh, I met the Russian believers and the, the persecution that they went through. I, happened to, uh, I was in Kazakhstan, then, uh, then uh, P St. Petersburg, Moscow. Heard Billy Graham preach in Moscow. And I went to Dr. Zipkoff's church in Moscow. Uh, he he's lasted through the whole time of the Russian persecution and things like this. And uh, you go into the church, it's jam-packed. You, you, you know, you're standing like this. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people. And they not only had just one preacher, they had four preachers that day, one after the other. And people just, they didn't move. It was just incredible. Here we complain if you go one minute past 12. Seeing in Psalm 34, 19, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them out of them all. No, the Bible is not flatterous like storybooks and with ideas that goodness will secure you from trouble. No, not at all. Uh, every day is a choice. When you're making your choices, you want to make sure you have one eye on eternity. I mean, no, we're not here for a long time. It's a very, very short life. Life is like a vapor, it says in James. And so we have to look at our choices with one eye on eternity and an eye on Jesus. I used to go skiing in the eastern townships south of Montreal when I was uh, working in Montreal. And I, I went for a lot. I skied with a lot of people who were pretty wealthy. Uh, one of the fellows I skied with was... Uh, he retired when he was 40 uh, with millions. And uh, my sons have met him. Very angry person. Always angry. Always bought three new cars a year. Every year he'd buy a new car, three of them. Had all the stuff, all the toys. And uh, uh, he just died, was it a uh, year and a half? No, it was a year and a half ago. I had a chance to be with him in the hospital. Uh, a month before he died. I gave him a Bible, prayed with him. I said, would you like me to pray for you? He says, uh, let's not go too deep now, he said. Uh, so I prayed in Jesus' name, and then he died a month later. Now they're fighting for his millions. You know? Uh, see, that, that was his choice. And I remember when I came to the Lord, uh, we used to ski together, and I shared them about Jesus. He said, oh, no, I don't want that now. I want to make my money. Well, he's got his money. Now they're fighting for it after you're gone. So where will you spend eternity? That's the question we could ask. It's either in heaven with Christ or in hell without Christ. Those are the, those are the choices. You look at Bill Gates right now going through a divorce. He had a pretty shady lifestyle. I guess be a fight for his billions and whatever. And uh, that's why it says in Matthew 7, 13 is enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are what how many many who go in by it verse 14 because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it now if you look at verse 13 
the narrow, it says there, if you read it, it says standing close to obstacles. That's one of the words it means in Greek, obstacles. It says the narrow gate. When you're following God, when you're following Jesus, how many know there'll be obstacles? Some will be your own family. I remember when I went to, to Bible school, uh, man, my father, he flew off the, when I left teaching profession to go into Bible school, he thought I was lost, lost my rocker. You know, and uh, as a matter of fact, he was angry that I was going to Bible school. So I had a lot of opposition right from the family because I wanted to follow Jesus. And then when I left my job finally, at that time, years ago, I was, at that time I was making, what, 54000 a year to go to work for $50 a week. Well, that did not fit into his mindset at all. He thought I'd lost my mind. But God saw me through. And especially when I left my teaching position, I had a $15,000 debt because I had a farm, had a bit of a mortgage on it. And uh, to go work for $50 a week uh, uh, to start up a church. By the end of the year, I had no more debt and uh, church was going on. And so God will see you through. When you make a decision for Jesus, he'll see you through no matter what it is. And verse 14 says, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. Now the gospel you hear today from a lot of the preachers today, they said, well, you follow Jesus, everyone will be fine. No, you follow Jesus, there's going to be some difficulty on your way. Ask the Apostle Paul when you get there one time. And so that difficult, the narrow way in, the, in verse 14, it says, to crowd me to afflict, suffer tribulation, trouble. So you want to follow Jesus? It's the only way to have eternal life. It's the only way to go. Uh, where I taught school in Ontario, there was, we had over four, what, 45 teachers. There was only one believer at the time. And when it was over, it was a couple anyway. And so today, to follow Jesus, we're going to be going against the stream. Next slide. We're living in what they call cancel culture. How many have heard that term? Cancel culture. It's a, it's a whole movement. It's worldwide right now. And a, You've heard about BLM and Black Lives Matter and the critical race theory that's being taught in all the schools and things such as this now. It's going totally against what scriptures teach. And they're being promoted by the, the uh, no politicians. So they're canceling everything. So uh, a very radical movement that's uh, doing this. Maybe I'll t spend the Sunday just show you what's really going on. We know with critical race theory and... Uh, uh, intersectionality and all these things that are they're happening. Uh, and it's one of the most offensive things now that's being taught by this group is Christianity. They're, they're, the whole work, the woke movement. You heard wokeism? Woke? You've heard of that? All that stuff that's going on, the wokeism and the woke stuff. Uh, it supports blatant sin and it's against free speech and it's especially against anything that's Christian. So it's going to be a little bit rougher to follow Jesus in the days to come. But God is in control. And you give your life to the Lord, he'll see you through. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans 8, 31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I look at that verse 32. It shows a, uh, it says, he who did not spare his own son. 
figured God, he didn't spare his own son, and he, but delivered him up for you and me. How shall in, uh, with him also freely give us all things? I don't know, that shows to me the, the tremendous love of God for us, that he would give us his son for you and me so that we could have a life in eternity with him. And don't forget, life is a, just a vapor. James 4, 14, whereas do you not know what will happen tomorrow? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. See, God is for you, and he wants you to be with him in heaven for an eternity. Hallelujah. In Matthew 10, 29, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? Verse 30, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And so we see here, uh, verse 30, the hairs of your head are all numbered. Now with certain heads, he does a lot less counting. <laughs> but he knows how many are there. God is the God of the minute detail. He knows everything about you. Past, present, future. He knows what your thoughts are. Psalm 139 says he even knows your words before he leaves your mouth. He knows what you're going to speak before you even know. That's God. And he's a, he's a care. He cares for those little minute things. And so your life is under God's control. You want to make sure you don't go to off the way to do your own thing. Isaiah 40, 28. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Verse 29 of Isaiah 40. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord... King James says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So to trust in the unseen God, you won't fail. You won't fall if you're trusting in him. You might stumble. He'll pick you up, keep you going. So nothing happens to the believer except with the permission of the Heavenly Father. You know so if you get stricken with something, God has allowed it for some reason or other. And there's a big mystery in following God. We don't know everything. We see through a glass darkly, it says in 1 Corinthians 13. We don't see the way things should be seen. And so uh, if you look at that eagle illustration, I'm just going to end off with that verse. Not right now. But it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And so that word uh, to wait or to trust, uh, it means to, the, the Hebrew word is kaval, which means to bind together. They that bind together upon the Lord, latching yourself unto the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The days to come, we're going to need to bind together with the Lord to get that strength. He'll strengthen you. He'll see you through. 
Hallelujah. It says in Psalm 125 too, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forever. See, God has a purpose for every one of you. And everything that affects his people, he takes notice. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose, not my purpose. We tell you, a lot of people are jumping on this gospel bandwagon. They hop on God so they can get things for themselves. It doesn't work that way. In Romans 5, 3, it says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance. Now, that's a rough one there. Romans 5 says we glory in tribulations. I can't say that I've gloried in, in, uh, in all tribulation. I can't say, whoa, hallelujah, I'm going through tribulation. No. But in, in God's plan, he has everything worked out for his purpose. And we've got to keep that thing in mind. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment in light of eternity. It seems like, look at Floyd McClung in the hospital for five years after spending his whole life with the gospel. It's just a light affliction compared to eternity. Eternity is long. It's forever. We're and ever. We're only here for a moment. You know, and so it says... Is but for a moment is working for us a far more excellent and eternal weight of glory. So the way to live above trouble is to look up and not at it. And uh, we'll go fearful if we look down at some of these earthly things there. That's so why we want to keep that heavenly, uh, you know, uh, heavenly view. Just remember, our days are short, just for a moment, in light of eternity. In 1 Peter 4.14, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. See, in following Jesus, not all uh, uh, peaches and cream and birthday parties and good times, a lot of rough times, especially of late, I've been meeting people uh, with the, uh, the medication I've been given for this cancer, I have to do weightlifting because uh, this stuff they give me, it, eats away at the, uh, reduces the, uh, the muscle mass and, and fatigue. So here is, I got, I'm meeting people in the gym. I met this one fellow, he's in his 30s, big guy like this. I just mentioned I had to go for this cancer treatment that costs $1,600 for each needle. Fortunately, it's paid for by insurance. Well, let me tell you what I go through. Every six weeks, I got to go through $6,000 worth of medication. Here is a big brute of a fellow. He has this disease there. Then I met another, another fellow, and he started sharing with me what he's going through. He's got diabetes, and he's got this, and he's got that. And it says, I, and I, I can't pee. He says, well, what do you do? I have to use a catheter. He said, man, I'm doing pretty good compared to these guys. And then I met another fellow, he used to open up, sharing what his wife went through, with tumor the size of an egg removed from her. She worked at the hospital, the size of an egg removed from the, from the brain, a 19-hour operation. And said, man, I'm doing pretty good. You know? So I'm in the Lord's hands. God's in control. Hallelujah. And see, in following Jesus, it's not always easy, as we looked at in 
Matthew 7. But if you look at Revelations 21, 4 and 5, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old, old order of things have passed away. Imagine that. No more dentists. No more cavities. No more Tylenol. No more Advil. Praise the Lord. No taxes. Then it says, verse 5, it says, He was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Hallelujah. See, God works in difficult situations. You know, uh, the more people I meet, the more I find that they've gone through uh, some really difficult things. Some it's caused by their own choices, but some is just part of life. Look at Joseph. After 13 years, he received the vision where he would be. And, uh, and he went through, left in the pit to die and put in prison, unjustly accused, uh, all things like this, falsely accused, even in prison, forgotten about, and uh, lasted for 13 years, separated from the family. Here's what it says in Genesis 50, verse 20. But as for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Hallelujah. It says, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So he went through a lot of adversities, but in adversity, sometimes there's there's unrevealed blessings in those things. And I think in the days to come with the adversity that's coming, the church will need a word of fire from the Lord. You know? And sometimes people here, you've gone through some dark times where there's been clouds and you just don't see, where's the way out of this? Well, in Second Chronicles Six, Solomon said, verse one, the Lord has said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. If you're in a dark cloud now, God's there. If you're in a dark situation right now, Jesus is there. He's got a plan for your life. Hallelujah. He's got a plan for you in this hour of time. And he'll see you through if you, as you rely on him. He'll get you through. I heard it said by William Gurnall. He wrote this. Scripture is a garden of promises for every affliction. Scripture is a garden of promises for every affliction. If you're going through a dark time, God is with you. His promises are there, and he'll give them to you. Hallelujah. Now, in Isaiah 40, 31, I want to end off with this. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do I have a picture of an eagle there? There it is. Uh, here's something I didn't know about eagles. Uh, they have a lifespan of about 70 years of age. But around 40 years of age, uh, their, their talons, they lose their, their grip. and They can't grip the prey. And the beak can't do what it does either. And then their feathers get really thick, just around 40 years of age, which causes them to, it reduces their capacity to fly. 
So what happens is that if that continues on like they can do nothing about it and just die. But they can go through a process which lasts maybe 150 days or no. They peck away at their beak to knock it off. So a new one will grow. And this is around the age of 40. And then when they do that, they take out their talons so new ones will grow in and they can get their prey. And after that, they pluck out their feathers. They get rid of these feathers and new ones come in. And that's where it says, you know, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And that's what happens to the eagle after they go through that. It's a painful process. They're getting rid of stuff. Getting rid of the old beak. Getting rid of the old talons and not at work in getting rid of the old feathers that prevents them from flying. But after they get renewed, they soar like this eagle here. They come, it's like a rebirth of the eagle. You can look at and see it on YouTube. Uh, the rebirth of the eagle and what they go through. But I think there's a, a lesson here for us all when God uses images like the eagles and animals and things like this. What can we learn from it? Sometimes there's things that we have to get rid of in our lives. There's things that we have to get rid of that are holding us back from soaring. And then there's things that are, we have, we have to get new claws. We have to get rid of those so we can grab onto the word of God better. There's all things in our life that are holding us back that God wants you to get rid of. Can we all stand please? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the preciseness of your word. We thank you for your sustaining power. Lord, you want us to soar, but often we allow things in our life what we hang on to that prevent us from moving on with you. And so, Father, I just ask by the empowering of your Holy Spirit at this moment, I just ask you to touch and speak to people here today by your Spirit, through your Word. Maybe things that the Spirit is zeroing in on they have to be let go. They have to be cast aside. So, Father, I'm asking for divine enablement now for those that you're speaking to where God is pinpointing those things that he wants you to lay aside. I'm asking for divine enablement now by your spirit to enable them to throw aside so they can soar for you so they can work for your purpose, for the furtherance of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Now, just with your eyes closed, how many God has revealed things you have to let aside here? Just raise your hand. Okay. God's pinpointing things. He wants you to lay this aside. Yeah. Just uh, by faith, just give it to him. Say, God, I got this thing here. It's holding me back. I'm asking you to take it now. He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll enable you. He'll empower you. Mm -hmm. Do the last song.
Pastor Glenn mentioned that he, he would make it to heaven before us, but for those of us who know the Lord, we're going to get there anyways. And as he also mentioned, our life is but a vapor, so it won't be long. Amen? So let's sing Glorious Day together as we finish the service.
thank you for coming out to the uh, Living Hope. May you go in God's blessing and peace. And may you, if you have any questions, you have my husband and many others you can ask. And uh, thank you so much for coming. Let me just pray for you before you leave today and let the Lord's blessing be upon you. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the message and the word that you are in control. And Lord, no matter where we are today, we know there is a promise for us and that all things do work together. And Lord, I'm asking for revelation. I'm asking for an open heaven for all of those that have questions about you. Lord, just make yourself known to them. And Lord, bless all of us, Lord, in a way that, you know, just causes us to get to see you in a greater and one of the magnificent ways that you are, God. We thank you for everything that you've done this day. In your mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So follow the arrows out. Thank you so much for coming.